The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, welcome, Power Partners, to a bright new year here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where inspiration combined with perspiration equals motivation for you to achieve your desired success. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are here to help you kick off your goals and your resolutions and then we'll follow that up with the new president of the Independent Book Publishers Association, Flory Kitchler, who's going to talk about the ins and outs of independent publishing. And in our third segment, you'll meet a real-life relief hero, Mary Lightfine, who shares her exploits in Somalia and other war-torn nations with her book, Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords. 
The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Carmony Clutches. For handmade handbags, go to myspace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches. Carmony with a K, Clutches with a K. If you don't change your beliefs, your life will be like this forever. Is that good news? <laughs> that was William Somerset Mon who said that. So we want to find out, is that good news? Are you setting goals to be healthier, to exercise more, to work smarter, to love deeper, of course, to earn better wages? How do you set goals and how do you keep doing them? Well, Heather and I want to talk to you about that today. So, Heather, let's start off with um, how we're going to set our goals and resolutions for the next year, because as we know, most people start them, but by the beginning of February, you know, a month or so, or sometimes only a couple of weeks into it, the goals are long gone. Exactly. Well, New Year's Eve has always been that time to look back at what we've achieved or maybe what we haven't achieved in the past year, and then to look forward into the new coming year and try to figure out and reflect on what we want to achieve in this year. And that's why everyone starts, you know, they have their resolutions, their goals, and I don't have it in front of me, but I heard something, some staggering thing by, like, February or, or, or even throughout the year, something yeah, like 4 to February. 6%. It's like 4 to 6% um, are, are out of the entire year, only like 4 to 6% of people actually fulfill or continue to keep their goals that they had originally achieved. Uh, they had originally, excuse me, they had originally set out, um, set out to achieve. And in doing this research, trying to figure out, you I mean, you hear it all the time of what people want to do. I, you know, I personally, from asking people of goals I used to set for myself, or I have, and just researching it, uh, I discovered the, the top ten things of what it was. And one, the number one that people say is to spend more time with family and friends. Yeah, you know it's interesting that that's the number one. I was going to say it was going to lose weight or exercise. I didn't well, realize that's the number one. Well, fit and fitness, um, to be fine in time to get to be fit and um, tame the bulge. Fitness was number two, and taming the bulge uh, was number three. 66% of Americans are seen to be overweight. And at the same time, 50% of American couples are divorcing. So, um, you know, why not, if, if those are two goals of yours, to, you know, get fit and spend time with family, why don't you make your family fit? Go for a hike together. You know, exercise, go swimming. You know, do things that doesn't have to be caught up in the gym. And that's one thing, too, is a lot of times people, they kind of make their goal in a mundane thing. If they want to lose weight, they think, okay, I have to go on a diet where I can only eat this or I have to go to the gym. And they're not really getting in touch with how their own lifestyle is. If they realize, you know, they hate cabbage, there's no way they're going to be able to have a diet that consists of so much of that. Or if they're one of those people that, you know, loves to go for walks but hates being on a treadmill, you know, getting that gym membership isn't going to achieve anything. You know, and that's, that's a real big problem, isn't it, is that everyone thinks that the gym is the answer. And the reality is if you define your goals and you make them realistic and you make them something that you're going to like to do, like, you know, I like to dance or I like to walk or I like to garden, I'm going to make sure that I do that because I like it. So like, that's a real critical thing that whatever your goal is, you need to like it. Exactly, and and then you know the next one was quit smoking. There's no a lot of times people you know they if they've started and they stop and they just you know can't get. There's no but even if you have to you know quit twenty times, it's always worth it. Every cigarette takes seconds away from your life, and why we always think of things of you know oh that's just seconds. It really does add up, and it really does. You know, it affects other cancers. It thins your skin, which makes you more susceptible to skin cancer, lung cancer. 
Uh, as well as, again, you know, getting back to family and health, secondhand smoke is huge, too. You may not, you know, if someone's thinking, well, you know, it's me, it's my life. Well, think about the people around you as well. And with the hugest, we're all about the earth now. We've covered um, so many different uh, teeth for two about the environment. It is astounding to see if you've ever done a beach cleanup or maybe if you've ever just gone for a walk and looked at your sidewalks and the and little drainage area of cigarettes, people that throw them out the window or they put them in the sand, all that ends up into our sewers, which eventually ends up into our oceans, uh, which ends up into our sea life, ends up into our air. So all those things that it's, it's all the butterfly effect. It's all a circle thing. So do yourself a favor um, and quit smoking and do others as well um, by helping their life. And that's something, too, enjoying life more. It's, it's and before you go there, I just wanted to say something. I wanted to just uh, jump in yeah. there when you're talking about being green and saving the earth. This is really a relatively new goal in the last couple of years that this year is really, really making a um, headway in society, especially from the media. And just on the way here, I was just at an audition for a new commercial in San Francisco, and what was so interesting is as I was listening to radio commercials on the way there, I was jotting down how many of them uh, have the word green in it or sustainable or earth-friendly, and it, it was just about 95%. So it was very interesting how, you know, the media and the advertising world is getting on this, which in turn is helping people realize the importance that we do have to make a difference in our world. Well, and, and that's something, too, and when speaking you know, about making a difference and helping others, that was on the list, too, of this year of people finding time. If they, you know, we're still in an economic crunch. We're making a big turnaround. But about volunteering, improving your own life while helping others, that's one thing, too, speaking of that, if you want to uh, get a trip to go to Disneyland free, you can help with Be The Star You Are volunteering. Yes, um, let's just talk about that for a second, because yeah. I think this is so awesome. We are really excited that the Disney Corporation is doing this. They're, they have launched this new program uh, for this year where they'd, they're hoping to get a million volunteers out into the volunteer force to help our society with a, a variety of uh, volunteer opportunities. Fortunately, Be the Star You Are charity, a literacy charity to empower women, families, and youth, as Heather was saying, was one of the charities chosen to participate in this. And how it's going to work is that uh, up to eight people in your family can volunteer their time, their services with Be the Star You Are, and that will qualify for one entry into Disneyland or Disney World per person. So you can get eight people in your family getting eight free tickets. So uh, it will be posted on our website, bethestarur.org. We want to encourage you. And one thing we're going to be launching in the next couple of weeks, so be watching for it, sign up for our newsletter, it will be in it, is we're going to be uh, launching Letters for Literacy, where we're looking for volunteers to write letters to their friends and family to get them involved in helping literacy. And those letter uh, writing uh, challenge will count as volunteer hours. So basically anyone listening to this show around the country who would like to volunteer and then also get that bonus, which is I think is really cool. So be the star you are org and thanks for bringing that up, Heather. And you know, while we were talking about that, I just wanted to make one, say one other thing about goals and resolutions is uh, I am planning to take one of the things when I was looking over my goals from last year and writing my goals for this year is that I realized that I, Cynthia Bryant, have not taken a true vacation in 10 years. <laughs> 
And what I mean by a true vacation, I have not taken a vacation where I did not work. So, yes, uh-huh. I'm speaking around the country on cruises, and I'm speaking at resorts, and I'm speaking at spas, which is really fabulous. I love it. But I'm always working. I'm always doing presentations, signing books, meeting people, you know, coaching, blah, blah, blah. So this year I have decided that I am taking a real vacation and I am not going to work on it. I'm just going to play with everybody, <laughs> play with my family, play with you guys, which I'm excited. But here's something that was so cool, Heather, and I don't know if I've uh, shared this with you yet because I just found it, is in searching the Internet for a great, uh, a, a really great agency, travel agency to work with, I found an agency that actually is an agency that believes in tithing and giving back. So when people book through that agency, they give 10% of whatever the fees are back to a, a, a charity or a church of your choice. Oh, I booked, fantastic. It's so exciting. So I have just booked a family cruise, and Be the Star You Are charity will be the recipient of 10% Wonderful. of the dollars. So isn't that exciting? That the name so of the cool. travel agency is ABBA, and they're out of Missouri, and we're hoping that Be the Star You Are and and uh, the Ava Travel Agency, which is part of American Express, will become great collaborators and partners. So please email me, Cynthia, at stardeathstyle.com. If you are planning on taking a trip and you believe in tithing and giving back and making a difference, and I will send you that information, and we'll be posting it on the website. I just think it's really cool. We hope that you will choose Be The Star You Are as your charity of choice to make the donation to. Um, but I just I love it. So it's really important to be... Having your goals for the year, not only to help yourself, but to help other people. So cool! I can and and on a on another funny note thing, you know, for personal goals um, for this year, one of everything, getting organized, and it was so funny. I was talking to someone today, saying what we were going to be talking about on the show, and and we we're both just talking about how since New Year's suddenly this, you know, weird thing we've been trying to discuss, I just feel so different this year. You know, we're only seven days into it, and this weird surge of energy and this, you know, totally different outlook on life. And we started to break it down and not to get in the woo-woo sense, but that it was, that New Year's was not only on a full moon, but on a blue moon this year. That I knew it was a full moon. I didn't know it was a blue moon. That it was really awesome. Yeah, and a blue moon means that, you know, it's a second full moon in one month. And January 1st was on a Friday, so we've been saying it must have been a freaky Friday because suddenly just so many people I've talked to this year, uh, it just seemed to have this new, you know, sense of I'm going to get this done, I want to do this. These are my new, this kind of new self-awareness. So we have to give out the website because uh, we have to go to break and go to our next guest. But we want to wish all of you an incredible new year. We want you to live your dreams, to write your goals, to make your resolutions come true, get in shape, you know, read books, follow you the fashions, get on the ball, get organized, start recycling, eat healthy, redecorate your house. Most of all, love, live, laugh, learn, and lead. And Heather, give out the website, please. Most definitely. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, and MySpace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches, both with a K. And when we return from break, we're going to talk to 
the, about the state of the independent publishing industry with the president of the Independent Book Publishers Association, Flurry Kitchler. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we will be back in a bit. Stay with us. You don't want to miss this. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. For the new year, I'd like to give you 10 tips that make for good business. In order to grow your business, you need to become the expert. And here's how you can help that happen. Brand and create brand awareness. Partner with compatible companies. Assemble a team of the best professionals. Motivate and inspire your employees and all those around you. Do what you do best and hire someone else to do the rest. Establish uniqueness. Focus, focus, focus. Expand with a strategy. Exploit and explore the needs in the marketplace to evolve new products. And finally, persevere, persevere, persevere. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style Productions. Go to www.star-style.com for more expert advice. Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest, unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio are you living your dreams want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin lifestyle coach and personal growth expert cynthia bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person you'll turn your passions into profits visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's CynthiaBryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, all you stars out there in the galaxy. Thank you so much for staying with us right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we bring you the authors and the experts that help you excel and expand. 
expand your life, and today is no different. The largest nonprofit trade association representing independent publishers is the Independent Book Publishers Association. Their motto is helping each other to achieve and succeed. And Flory Binford Kitchler is the president of this association. She's also the president of Patria Press and the publisher of the award-winning book, Young Patriot Series for Children. The national organization has more than 3,000 publishers. And today, Flory's here to talk to us about the climate in the publishing industry, about authors, about books, and what you all need to know. Welcome, Flory, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Cynthia, hello. Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all of our listeners. Well, I am excited to have you on the show because you are full of passion. You're really about turning passion into your profession. I really believe that. And you are here to represent uh, Independent Book Publishers Association and to help us understand what it is that the association does and what we today as readers of and lovers of books, what we have to look forward to in the next few years. I know you are leading the pack and that you've got all kinds of great ideas. So what is the current state of affairs right now? What's happening in this whole new, very technological world. What's happening to books? What's happening for publishers? Well, it's, it's interesting that you would ask that question because, honestly, the time has never been better to be an independent publisher. And the reason I say that is a couple of things. First of all, I've got two numbers for your listeners. One of them is $14.2 billion and the other is 1.25 million. Oh, I like now, the numbers. It sounds good. <laughs> absolutely. Well, the $14.2 billion is what a survey found that 63,000 small and medium-sized publishers had as their combined annual revenue, which is more than half the revenue of the entire publishing industry. That's that is huge. really a staggering number. That is a staggering number, and people don't even recognize that there is this much independent publishing going on with real high quality books. Exactly, and that brings me to the 1.25 million, which is that same group of 63,000 publishers had 1.25 million titles in print. So as you can see, the industry is alive and well. The numbers speak for themselves. Clearly, the number of small and mid-sized independent publishers is on the rise, and we are just so excited at IBPA to be able to be a part of that. Well, you know, I, what excites me about having you as the president, now this is the first time there's been a president, right? Yes, in this capacity, yes, it is. It's, so this is really thrilling. So you're, you are the first president. You are a trailblazer here. But you have such a, an outgoing and optimistic attitude that with this and your skills and your more than 17 years in the industry, that you really want to bring the publishing industry into a whole new world. I mean, it's almost like, you know, we're going where we've never gone before. Well, you're absolutely right, and it's interesting because it's hard to pick up an article or a trade magazine anywhere nowadays without somebody saying, oh, the book is dead, it's the end of the book, oh, nobody's reading, this is terrible. Well, you know what? It, I don't agree at all that it's the end of the book, but what I do believe is that it's the end of the book as we know it. And what I mean by that is it's so exciting because books have gone 
blasting out of covers, and they're now in bits and bytes and clicks and Kindles. And as a reader, it's wonderful for us because we get to have books in so many different ways that we've never been able to have them before. You know, and as I a pu- so agree with you, Flory. I really, I don't like anybody talking about all the doom and gloom. You know, I really think we've got to, got to put the bloom on what is happening out there because it's not that we're going to have the end of paper in our hands or the hard cover or, you know, the smell of the turning pages. We just have more opportunities to read our favorite authors and our favorite titles and discover new ones in more ways. I just bought an iPhone yesterday, and I'm really excited that I'm going to be able to download things. You know, I'm going to be able to be reading on there. I mean, I'm still a big, you know, carry the book around person. Uh, the B, uh, what is it, B-Y-O-B, I, but I, mine's bring your own book instead of bringing your own booze. And, but, you know, I see people on airplanes all the time in other ways. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and again, the point is not what we're reading on, but it's what we're reading. And, and whether it's on an iPhone or a Kindle or on a book with paper, isn't it important? It's the information. It, it's the thoughts inside that we want. And how that's delivered is really immaterial as long as we're getting it. And the fact that we can get it in so many different ways is just tremendously exciting. And as publishers, our job is to explore innovative ways that we can give the readers what they want when they want it. Well, share with us how you are going to maneuver as your role as president to really lead the charge here to, to help publishers perhaps who have been doing this a long time and been successful see the light at the end of the tunnel that this is a good thing as well as the general public because technology is not going away. It is just getting faster. I mean, I just heard yesterday that now we're going to have 3D televisions out there. I mean, everything is is moving on. So we have to move on with it. Well, that's absolutely true, and, and one of our, our biggest challenges at IBPA is to be able to serve our publishers and give them the marketing support and the education that they need to keep up with all this technology. And, and that's really key, isn't it? Is oh, that we've got to get the word out there, that there are other avenues, and we have to get the word out there to the people that will have the end medium, the people who want to read books and other mediums. It's, that's, it's absolutely critical, and we are, we are working almost tirelessly, I, w- I would have to say, to respond to the changes in the technology, the changes in the industry, and make sure that, that our publisher members are up to speed on what's going on, because it's, it's very, very difficult to keep up to date on everything. So, well, One of the things, I've been fortunate that I've been part of the association. It was called PMA, Publishers Marketing Association, when I joined, I think it was in 99 or 2000, and... Uh, now it is called the Independent Book Publishers Association, which is more inclusive. It really it indicates what it is that the association does. But one thing that I have always found was so helpful is the, well, you call it a newsletter, but it's the magazine that you put out, the Independent. The articles in there are incredibly helpful, and over t- uh, more and more we're seeing more things about how to be involved in Twitter and Facebook and really get on this technology bandwagon. How has the independent helped? Is that, that's one way to get the word out. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, we are very, very proud of our, our magazine. We call it a, the graduate course in publishing. There's, there's not a month that goes by without 
an, a magazine arriving in your mailbox because, yes, we do still have an imprint with all sorts of how-to articles and how to run your publishing company. And if, if I might say a word about IBPA and, and kind of who we are yes, very quickly. Yes, I would like that. I was just going to ask you that. Would you just give a description of what is the Independent Book uh, Publishers Association, what you, how you were started, what you do, and you know, the, what the mission statement is? Well, you know, anyone can get into print these days, as we know. Um, one click to transfer a Word file, and in a week you can have a bound book. But, you know, it's what happens after the book in, is in print that can cause a new publisher untold heartache and untold expense. So what we try to do and what we've been doing for the past 26 years, we were founded in 1983, has been to catch the new publisher and educate them before they plunk down a ton of money to print a book with not the first idea of how to really run a publishing company. So we act as a publisher's business partner in a way. We support with education and marketing programs, and we really work right along side by side with a small publisher. Our mission is education, industry advocacy, and cooperative marketing. That's what we stand for, and that's what we've been doing for 26 years, and we hope to be doing it for at least 26 more, if not forever. Uh, well, we hope that it's going to be forever. Well, you're always uh, having new programs coming out that can help the publisher. One of the new things that you launched this past year was that the online, the teleseminars that people could sign up for, but publishing university that happens in association with the Book Expo America has been a huge, not only success, but a, a very, very important part of the educational services that you offer your members. Absolutely true. We are very proud of our publishing university. It basically tells new publishers and also experienced publishers. We have more than, we in the past have had more than 60 or 70 seminars over a two or three day period uh, for that sort of education. And we've been doing it for over two decades now. And it is the premier, premier educational event for independent, pub, independent publishers. And this year we will be back in New York City on May 24th and 25th with the best of the best of publishing universities. So, Well, we're talking to Flory Kitchler. She is the president of the Independent Book Publishers Association, and she is a publisher and an author in her own right as well. I wanted to give out the website for Independent Book Publishers Association just while you're listening so that you could go to the website and see the different uh, opportunities that are there if you are thinking of getting into the book business or you're already in it and you're not going to the website. That is ibpa-online.org, and that's I as independent, book, B as book, P as publisher, and A as association. Flori, could I be so bold as just to ask you a little bit about your own award-winning Young Patriot series for children? Because as someone who works with kids, I really believe that we have to get lots of great books out there for them. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your own company um, and how that, you know, how, what the kinds of books that you do? I would be absolutely delighted. Uh, in a nutshell, I am actually publishing the Young Patriot series, which is a series of historical fiction for children aged 8 to 12. And it's actually an old children's book series that I'm bringing back into print. Uh, new covers and new illustrations, but the same text of an old series that, was, that came out first in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. 
so it's been a tremendous challenge. It's been a labor of love, and each book tells the story of a famous person in American history when they were a child. So, for example, Volume 1 is Amelia Earhart, Young Air Pioneer, and our latest book is Alexander Hamilton, Young Statesman. See, how exciting because you're also publishing some of the people, I mean, we always read about them in our history books, but you don't know much about their young lives. So it's, uh, the books are combined, they're fiction, but they're based on nonfiction? Yes, that's absolutely true. The, the historical background is absolutely accurate, but since the books tell a story, there is conversation in them, and as long as you have conversation, then that may, that's what makes it fiction. Yeah, well, exactly, because, I mean, nobody was there recording it when this happened, exactly. so we have to think about what did it really happen. Well, what do you think is the future? What, what is going to happen between authors, author publishers? You know, what do you see as the future with with books. I mean, I, we just touched on the technology and how we're going to be reading them and different things. Do you assume now that we're that there's a book inside everyone and everyone's going to be writing books? Well, it's interesting that you would say that particular thing because when I was thinking about what I what I might talk about during our interview today, I was thinking about some of the trends for the next year and certainly the future on into there. And probably one of the biggest trends that I see is the author and the small publisher who publish using short-run printing or print-on-demand technology will continue to be the fastest-growing segment of the industry. I totally believe that. You can tell it if you just look at the number of titles that came out in 2007 versus 2008, increased by 132%. And those were mostly short-run, one-book types of books that came out. So I think that that is going to be the biggest challenge, certainly for our organization, is to figure out a way to serve these people who are getting into publishing and really need to learn more about the industry. Yes, because, you know, no matter if you have one book or a 100 books, it's still going to be the same because writing the book, and Lisa, I can speak from experience in writing six books now, writing the book is only about 4 or 5% of the work. I mean, when you're writing it, you think it's a ton, but the other amount is the 95% or more is really marketing it and getting it out there and getting it into the hands of readers and making sure that you have good cover, good content, you know, good editing, good printing, blah, 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 on and on. And this is where the independent publishers, um, independent book publishers association can really help you because you have all the resources and vendors and uh, people that you can recommend or at least give give lists of who you can look at and get bids from and find out who is the best of the best. Well, it's wonderful to know as a new publisher that you're not alone out there, that there really is a place where you can come for those sorts of resources to, to help you through this whole process and it is a process and it's an ongoing process and it never ends and that's what we like to say when you said that our motto is helping each other to achieve and succeed i mean that's exactly what we're here for well because it gets back to the whole meaning of team doesn't it together everyone achieves more so what i've found from meeting publishers around the country is what a great group of people where you know publishers are people who are really dedicated to literacy to the written word or the spoken word to communication, and to helping one another. So to have the Independent Book Publishers Association out there really promoting, supporting, and educating its members, this is a vital part of our literary contribution, I think, for many generations to come. 
Absolutely. I could could not agree with you more, of course. Um, I am a poster child myself for the organization because I actually joined the organization before I even had a publishing company. Oh, see, now that is the perfect thing. Now, I'm glad that you said that, Flory, because I think that will give anyone who is listening now and thinks that they have a book in them or they want to get into the publishing world. You've just heard what Flory said, is if you're really considering it, I would consider looking into the Independent Book Publishers Association. Again, that website is ibpa-online.org. That hyphen is just a little dash, not an underscore, I-B-P-A. Would you just get, wind it up, give us a last food for thought, Flory? Well, I think, and in, in this is sort of just a, a little bit of a different spin of what I said earlier, but... I honestly think that um, as we go forward, publishers' responsibility to readers is to not just give them what they want when they want it, but to make sure that we are also putting out the very best content that we can possibly do. And that sometimes gets lost in all the hype about formats. But lest we forget that our responsibility is to the culture. And that's what being a publisher is all about. Well, thank you so much, Flory, for being a guest on our show. Remember, the Independent Book Publishers Association is helping each other to achieve and succeed. When we come back from break, we are going to be meeting a woman who is a real-life hero and relief worker, Mary Lightfine. Her book is Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Please don't go away. More to come. Thank you so much, Flory. Thank you, Cynthia. It's been a wonderful experience talking with you this evening. And happy, happy New Year. And happy New Year to you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest, unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio Studio A. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, it is a wonderful new year. We're all making great decisions on how we're going to live our life. And maybe one of those things may be that we want to go to another country and help out in the world of health. Can you make a difference in a world that's filled with death, destruction, and chaos? Absolutely yes, says Mary Lightfine, who has spent over 16 years as a nurse in emergency rooms throughout the United States and then joined the organization Doctors Without Borders, something that gave her the opportunity to witness what war, starvation, desperation was really like. She has written an incredibly frightening and real book called Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords, Welcome, Mary, to Be the Star You Are. Oh, thank you very much, Cynthia. Thanks for inviting me today. Well, I've just finished reading your book, Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords, which is about your time volunteering in Somalia in 1992-1993. And I was just taken aback how anyone, as a health professional, could do their job over there in that kind of environment with no sterilization, basically, no plastic gloves, no beds, not, the, not all the medicines you need, and a culture that doesn't, didn't even really appreciate everything that was going on. How did you get involved? Tell us about this. I'd have to say ever since I was a little girl, I have always wanted to live in Africa. I think uh, it was first Tarzan when I watched him swing across my black and white TV set as a little girl. He inspired me with thoughts about other cultures. He planted a seed of curiosity in my brain about people from other places, other worlds, and I was just intrigued. Well, and then I... you had a really uh, sad thing happen in your family when your brother was drowned, fell through the ice just before his ninth birthday. That must have changed your life in, in a way that made you want to help people survive. I think losing my brother at an early age taught me something very important, and I still think of this every day. Life is so short. We have to live life 
like we could die tomorrow but not do anything that we would regret just in case we live another hundred years. So my brother's death brought that that thought to my brain, and I wake up every day fresh. Thinking you, li- this- you live in the moment every day. Right. It's like, you know, you're awake. And I, I really understand that. I had the, my brother was killed as well at a young age, and uh, it changed my life to live exactly the way you do. I live in the moment, but always with an eye to do the right thing because, right. you know, yeah. it, it doesn't mean that you, it doesn't give you permission not to. But in your case, you took it such a step further. When you stepped off that plane in Kenya, you're in Nairobi, and it was so interesting the way you wrote your book because originally they took you to a beautiful hotel, you know, there was a beautiful dinner waiting for you, but then when you actually get to Somalia, it was a totally different thing. There was no I, such yeah. thing as there was. There was nothing luxurious about this trip. I was not prepared. They did not brief me enough to make me prepared. And when I landed in Somalia, there was no turning back. There was nothing I could do except adapt, do the best I could to adapt to the situation in front of me. Well, and, and of course, right away, me. you make a few, uh, you know, minor mistakes that are would be very, very apropos here in America, such as you found a doctor who was pilfering. He was taking medications for his own clinic and selling them, et cetera, and you, you, you know, stood up to him. But instead you find out in that country that you can't let somebody lose face. Oh, exactly. I, I walked in my own shoes. I never even thought for a minute about their culture and tried to understand their culture, and I made mistakes right and left. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, was to, to inspire people to understand other cultures before making the same mistakes I did. And also, in understanding others, you'll, you'll accept them. There won't be this this xenophobic fear that we have in America about people from other countries. Well, I had a big question, and that was, do you think that you really could have understood that culture without diving in head first? Because your book is so clear. We're talking to uh, Mary Lightfine, who is a nurse, and she travels abroad working in war-torn ways, and she's done emergency room, and she thought working in the emergency room in America was something, just wait till you get into Civil War, etc. Her book is Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords. But I, do you think that you could have possibly, if someone had sat down and told you everything you think you needed to know, that until you got there you would have understood it? It, I, no. I, it just doesn't <laughs> imagine, I just can't even imagine the conditions you lived under. No, I wouldn't have fully understood it, but I think in reading my book, you might have been prepared. If you went to Somalia tomorrow, I think you would be far better prepared than I was when I went. Well, I think the thing that I, what I took away from it is, number one, there's not enough food, there's not enough water, that you have to become that iron nurse, like you said, and here you're a very compassionate person, but there was no way that you could give to everybody so you do have to take on a different persona and you have to just do your job and do the best that you can and realize that there's it's nothing's going to be perfect and you're not going to have the conditions that you would have perhaps you know in in another country or a uh, you know a first world country 
Well, it did change my perspective on everything. Even in the emergency room today, I'm, I'm shocked by people who are demanding perfection, and I want to explain that we're only human and there is no real perfection. Well, <laughs> but, it, was, it was interesting to see the dichotomy of your emergency room, Some of, not all of them, obviously, but many of the emergency room patients you had, you had treated here in the United States, how, how um, ungrateful they were and how some of them were downright horrible, spitting in your face or whatever, whereas you go to Somalia and the people that you were tending, they have nothing, absolutely nothing, and they appreciated anything. They were sleeping on concrete floors. Most of them had very few clothes. They had, you know, their colostomy bags hanging, and their smells were horrible, yet they, they really were appreciative. They were. They thanked me over and over again. I must have shake. I must have probably shook 400 hands a day and heard thanks um, numerous times every day. People really were grateful. In America, they weren't. People demand things without actually giving anything in return. Here, we're a society of of people who who feel like they're um, they deserve entitled. Yeah, entitled. You're Tell right. me something. I laughed so hard about the bra episode or the underwear episode. <laughs> you had brought little dainty things for the women. You thought, gee, maybe this way if you could give out some pretty underwear to the Somali women that, you know, it would lift their spirits. But you had a different reaction. <laughs> I had always thought that if a woman felt beautiful, she would be happier and feel sexy she would it would make her smile i had never and i was a total idiot in somalia i hope people can laugh with me but they do have to laugh at me there was a, a totally a negative reaction many of the women came from the bush and they didn't wear underwear they had no idea what underwear was and they had no idea what bras were and the men thought that i was giving the women special gifts so the men actually stole the bras from the women and started putting them on over their T-shirts. Yeah, with their semi-automatic, then they'd have their semi-automatic rifles holding them. That had to be the funniest sight ever. Well, I was mortified. I really thought the organization was going to send me home because it was, when I saw what happened to the, un, the lingerie, I, 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 was, I was so embarrassed. And, and, and it was just seemed like the dumbest thing in the world, even though I meant well. And, and I was just shaking in my shoes thinking they were going to send me home any minute for being so stupid. What you didn't write about is how did the Westerners react to this? Because the Somali men obviously took, stole these things from the women. They thought they were just gifts so they should have them, and, and they were enjoying it. But how did the Westerners react? They laughed with me. They that, didn't laugh at me. They, they surprised me at dinner or lunch that afternoon by wearing... They made me wait outside and suffer, thinking that they were having a meeting about sending me home. And then they called me into the the room, and they were all wearing a bra over oh, their that's clothes. That's right. Yeah, that's funny. And I just burst out laughing. I was so happy that they were laughing with me, and and they helped me understand that even in a war situation, you really need to maintain your sense of humor. Well, and I just gave them some relief. And that was a very important. Something else that struck me throughout your book is that. There were very few trained Somali doctors or nurses, and because of the warlords, people would be put in places of high power with no training. Some nurse or something like the one doctor who wasn't really a doctor. He was just a med student, and he was literally killing people because he didn't know what he was doing, but you couldn't cross him. 
we couldn't stop him because he was from a strong clan and some of the doctors from the lower clans knew he was that he was making mistakes but they could actually be killed if they said anything so well, this clan thing was very interesting mary and the the part that broke my heart is when someone would come in and you would immediately go to treat him and then one of the somali physicians or nurses would say we can't treat them that they're poor. Well, everybody was poor. Everybody was just, it seemed like there, there was nobody that had anything good, but there was poor, and then there was really, really poor. Poor, poor meant that he was from a, a certain clan that they couldn't treat or that that clan didn't have enough money to pay them. Or even but a I chicken, really right? Un- if they couldn't give them that. a chicken for their pot. I mean, it didn't even have to be money. They just had to be able to give something. Is that yes. did I understand yes. correctly? And that was an unspoken rule that I didn't know about until later. There was a Somali doctor who was Bantu who taught me a lot about their culture. Secretly, he would take me aside and teach me things and explain things that I didn't understand. And he helped me learn a lot. And unfortunately, he was from the Bantu tribe, and Bantus were slaves in Somalia. So this man suffered a great deal. They can. So many of them suffered in silence. I, the, there was a very touching story in your book. Again, the book is Nurses, Nomads, and Warlords about a man who came in very desperate asking for medications, and he smelled so badly no one would touch him, and you ended up giving him a bath, which gave him back his dignity. It sounded like this man was probably a college professor. How did people in Somalia, how did it happen that you fell so quickly is just because of the civil war and the governments and the warlords changing he was a professor at the university and he lost everything when war broke out he had come from another country to work in somalia before the war and when war broke out he lost his home his money his car his his communications and he was virtually homeless i found him sleeping on the floor of the hospital just because he had nowhere else to go and in giving him a bath and showing the Somalis that I respected this man, then they also respected him. But they they didn't like this man at all until I gave him a bath, and then he became respected by them. The same with some of the other lower clan Somalis. If we showed them respect and worked with them, then, then they gained respect. Slowly. Well, and the book is just filled with one story after another of things that happened to you, and the the, the man that came in who was a very rich camel herder who bandits, took all his camels and then yeah. raped and killed his wife and daughters. I mean, it, 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 there's heart-wrenching things. What's happening today? What is being done to help the people? I mean, can we make a difference? Can, the, can we go abroad and really make a difference? Does it feel hopeless at times? Oh, we can make a difference. One person can make a huge difference. And For instance, after... After my work uh, in Afghanistan, I wrote a story about Afghanistan. After the 911, I went back to Afghanistan, and a, a nurse read my story, called or wrote me an email, and said she wanted to help in Afghanistan. And it turned out that her daughter, her granddaughter, had just drowned. She was just distraught, dis- uh, depressed, and I thought I feared she was even suicidal. And I found her. I connected her with a an Afghani doctor, and since. That day that I connected her with an Afghani doctor and kept in touch with her, she sent 12 full containers to Afghanistan full of clothing. Wow. And that doctor has received those, those bits of clothes. She brought me, she drove from Casper, Wyoming, where she lives. 
She drove an infant incubator to my house that my husband and I flew to Mexico and dedicated to a small community in Chiapas, Mexico. And we put a little plaque of her granddaughter above the the incubator to watch over the babies that will sleep in it. And this has transformed the life of this woman. This has made a huge difference in Afghanistan, and it's helped several numerous infants in Mexico. Well, so obviously one person can do a a little bit goes a long way. Let's give out your website so people can read your book, get in touch with you, and find out more about the exploits of traveling and helping. And also you are the founder of Nurses, Nurses Without Boundaries, so they can find out more about that as well. Your website, marylightfine.com, and the website for the book is nursesnomadsandwarlords.com. Would you like just to leave us with a parting word, Mary? I think one person can make a difference, and, and please make that your New Year's resolution, even if it's paying for someone's groceries if they don't have enough money in line in front of you. Just or just saving your clothes so that you can give them to someplace overseas like you just mentioned, because that old blanket or old shirt probably would be very valued in Somalia or any other country. Oh, sure, but you can make a difference at home just by listening to someone who needs you or holding someone's hand or saying, I care about you. You can make a big difference. So well said. Mary, thank you so much for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Best of success to you, and stay safe in all of your exploits because this what you're doing is so important. And you too, Cynthia. Thank you so much, and what you're doing is important. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks all to your listeners for staying tuned. We wish you a very prosperous, happy, healthy year. Make sure to write your goals and resolutions. Make them smart goals. Make sure that they're achievable. And know that you too can live your dreams. You too can make a difference. You too can take that first step. For more information about the charity, visit org. To contact me, it's Cynthia at star-style.com. Until we celebrate next week, take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. You're a wonder of creation. Thank you so much, and be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit bethestarur.org. That's bethestarur.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a